first red shirts a young side full of fantastic potential but an unknown quantity just how they might react on a big occasion like this This is the Football Kit Podcast and we welcome you to episode 16. I'm Les of Hull City Kits. I'm Gav, also known as the Kit Geek. And I'm Dennis from Museum of Jerseys. It's been a while since we've had a fan of a club on the pod to discuss the good and not so good from their side's polyester pantheon. The last time was Newcastle fan Gavin Haig in episode 11 and we've decided to go down that route again. But we move our fan focus from the northeast of England to the East Midlands and a club with two European Cups, one UEFA Super Cup, one English title, two FA Cups, four League Cups and one FA Charity Shield in old money in its trophy cabinet. They're known as the Reds, the Garibaldi and the Tricky Trees. Fools, knaves and internet trolls may call them Notts Forest, but they are, of course, Nottingham Forest Football Club. Joining us to determine the club's best kits is an award-winning copywriter, a highly knowledgeable kit enthusiast and a long-suffering Nottingham Forest supporter. That is one person, not three, and that person is Jim Hearson. Thanks for giving us your time, Jim. Hey, if you keep on giving me introductions like that, I'll come back more often. That's very nice. (laughs) Thank you very much. Jim, how would you summarise your Forest fandom? I'm probably quite annoying for both Forest fans and non-Forest fans because you get people who are just so passionate about supporting the club and they go home and away and abroad or all over the shop. But I'm just a bit more, meh. You know, um, last season with the promotion back to the Premier League, I was obviously very, very happy with that. But I did feel a bit guilty because, well, I live in London now and I could have potentially got a ticket to Wembley, but I would have felt bad because I would have just been you know, a glory supporter even though I've been supporting them since the you know early to mid 90s and then you know for fans who try to bait me like I don't know if we all sign lots of players or something I was like meh so yes meh would be a summation of my forest fandom okay fair enough well, we've gone too far down the path of bad puns when differentiating good from bad to stop now. So for this episode, we've gone with backing up the right tree for the good and can't see the good for the trees for the more challenging kits. So as the designated forest aficionado, you get to nominate six kits in total, Jim. Three good, three bad before we chip in with our choices for those kits that we consider to be barking up the right tree. Jim, we'll alternate between the good and the bad. So we'll have a bit of palate cleansing and we'll give our views after each one. It's worth noting for the listener, you've only chosen from kits worn in your own supporting lifetime. So that means no, you win our Panasonic sponsored tree stripe garb. So, Jim, what is your first Barking Up the Right Tree nomination? Well, there were a few which were right up there because if anyone has uh, seen what I put on Twitter and 
elsewhere. Tailored by Umbro is the finest period of kit design as far as I'm aware. And fortunately, Forest were with Umbro at that point. So there could have been quite a few, but um, I've actually nailed it down for the one from that era was uh, Forest's 2012-2013 home, which is just an absolute thing of beauty. Okay. Looking at it, you can definitely see the, the I suppose the, the neck definitely um, kind of calls to mind the England kit that had the red trim. Uh, it's interesting that it's kind of two-tone red rather than white as the, the trim colour, which I suppose mightn't appeal to all traditionalists, but I can definitely see why you'd go for that one. Yeah, and it's, well, I mean, I think it's, potentially three-tone reds there's the garibaldi yeah. lighter and darker but um yeah it's, it's you're absolutely right with the england's connotations it's just like little details like the red and white scarf in the back of the neck and yeah just the rest of it is so simple and even like there's a slightly lighter red seam uh going to the yeah. seams as well it's just that is and uh, there was a little uh jock tag in the in the bottom corner as well as there was with many tailored by umbro uh, kits and it is just those little nuances that you might not see on the pitch, you might not appreciate, but it's one of those things that when you actually own the shirt and you can see these things, you're just hanging it up or when you're putting it on and get it out of the wash, it's like, oh yeah, that's that's a nice little touch. So yeah, it's um, Umbro just did very, very good stuff then. And it helps that we had a decent sponsor as well. I mean, not so much, you know, well, it wasn't a betting sponsor, which is always a bonus, but it's just in a nice font as well and it goes quite well with the with the whole theme of the shirt so yeah it just ticks so many boxes for me of course it could be kind of misleading to hear that a football club are having pie auctions i want to also call out the socks in this kit as well i think you know again it's those little details the socks i think they were a darker the darker shade of red in there, but also had some stripes, I think, at the top of the, sh- of the socks in some little bit of d- detail. Again, it just makes the whole kit give a, a nice balance, I think. I think it's a really nice touch. It would have been quite criminal had Nottingham Forest not been given a tailored by kit because they're the most umbro way of clubs, aren't they? I mean, they had a, over a quarter of a century in Umbro for consecutive seasons, which is, which is remarkable. And I am sort of hoping... And I'm quite open to you torpedoing my belief system, Jim, because at the risk of inciting the entire Nottingham Forest fan base to issue a fatwa against me, I'll admit that I've never found Forest to be particularly a significant club. You know, take trophies away, take size of the fan base away, all of that. You know, just judging purely on apparel aesthetics. I think Forest, in my view at least, have always seemed to be a club that's played it safe. Not not a great deal of excitement, so I am sort of hoping you uh, change my mind over the course of this. Perhaps it's just because I've not really been inspired to pay that much attention, which is a hideous thing for a football kit podcast host to say, isn't it? Well, well, going back to my, my fandom, I'm kind of quite agreeable about that suggestion because it's red, white, red. There's not a great deal you can do. And... You know, obviously, we helped Arsenal get their kit and they developed white sleeves to mix up a bit. But really, that I mean, again, that's why Taylor is, is so good, because you just have to have these little details added to differentiate it from previous years. And I mean, obviously, with Macron, they love harking back to previous kits. And I mean, it's not one that's um, featuring in 
any of this list, but which one was it? The yeah, uh, 1920 kit. That was just a bizarre throwback to not particularly memorable kit with the slightly darker diamonds at the top. And it's just like, well, okay, but so yeah, at least Macron were trying to push envelope a bit. I just love a traditional shirt. So yeah, even if it hasn't got a white collar, I like that as a bit of a change. So fine with that. Yeah, th- there were there have been some interesting away kits, but I think we're going to cover some of those in a bit. Indeed. Well, I can't argue with your logic or your first choice, but let's succumb to the dark side of the kit force. What's your first can't see the good for the trees nomination, Jim? Yeah, it, it's those away kits and, you know, it's where Macron has been more hit than miss for me. And the absolute nadir of that was last season. You know, people love last season for obvious reasons on the pitch, but that away kit, I mean, maybe with a pink flash, that's, you know, interesting look, or maybe with red detailing. Yeah, okay, I can see that. But navy with a pink flash and red detailing, that's just, that's not an opinion thing. It's aesthetically wrong to have red and fluorescent pink on the same shirt. It just looks horrendous. Just have both in that colour or, you know, both in pink, both in red. And that's a much, much better shirt. It'd be a bit like a Let's Go Madrid one of a similar time. But yeah. I mean, I'm just glad that we wore our third more, and that's saying a lot, seeing as I don't particularly like the third either. But um, and that's the orange and yellow kind of, you know, fluorescent version of a radioactive Blackburn kit that's that we had. It was, um, yeah, that was a choice as well. And you know, it was a solid home kit, fortunately, and you know that's what we're wearing that fabulous day at Wembley. So that's what we're going to be mainly remembered for. But yeah, this navy pink and red thing, get in the bin. Yeah, I think you kind of summed it up there. I just, I don't understand. I'd love to get their designer's logic to go, why did they go down that route? Because, like you said, if you went pink detailing or you went red as the kind of the flash, either of those would have worked really well as a kit. But why this mixture? It just, it makes no sense. Yeah, obviously, I think we we discussed it and came to the same conclusions. When you, you wrote a piece for the, for my site and I, I illustrated those kits for you. But am I right in thinking that they wore the home shorts with that shirt as an alternative option last season when the Football League had that stupid rule limiting clubs to three shorts? Ooh, now that's a question. I know that in a previous season, we've we've done that when we had a Navy away kit, which we seem to have quite a few of lately. 1920 again, as in... 2019, 20, yeah. 100 years ago. Had the mashup twice. I can't quite think what the first one was, but yeah, basically it was then it was a half navy, half royal blue away kit, which we wore with the home uh, home shorts, which obviously white with the red flash. But because there was a bit of red on the away kit, it kind of worked. Yeah. But I remember hearing at the time that the players actually commented that, you know, they didn't like the look of it. So the next time that we needed to wear it, which might have been away at Luton, or that could have been the first one, they'd actually, yeah. Macro had actually given us some white shorts with a navy flash down the sides, just so it'd look a bit better. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. But I think that was just before 
the EFL said you can only have three pairs of shorts. So I think we just got about away with that. But um, yeah, if we'd have had to mash up the kits that we had last, last season, <laughs> oh, the mind boggles. That, that, that's the only good reason I can think that you'd have had the red that it might just tie in with the home shorts if needed. But like you say, red with pink just looks awful. It's like the rinks of executive meddling, doesn't it? Like Macron have presented a shirt and it is just navy and the, the, the pink paint smears, but also the pink detail. And they said, oh, you can't do that. You can't you can't put our crest in in not a club colour. You change yeah. that bit, but you can keep keep the paint smear in it. And it, does it just, just strikes of the designers not got the runway completely and, and perhaps somebody's had a say, we'll never know. Or maybe we will. Maybe we should yeah. interview someone from Macron and the guilty party. Just had a look and they wore it five times last season. Uh, Blackpool, Luton, Middlesbrough, Stoke and Swansea in the league. With white shorts each time? or No, it, yeah. just as a, as a standard set, no mashups. Okay. Interesting. You'd have thought Luton would be a possibility. Jim does at least deserve credit for not not kind of giving kids bonus points just because they were worn in a successful season. So he's looking at the kids with his eyes. Yeah, that, that's one of the reasons why I was just doing it from my period of support. Yeah, club, yeah. Because obviously, yeah, I could have just picked anything in the late 70s and early 80s, but I wasn't even born then. So, yeah, that would have felt a bit uh, disingenuous to do that. So I've got my parameters and... Um, yeah, it's how we narrow them down. We like to hear this is serious business. Excellent. So back to the good stuff. What's your second nomination, Jim? Back to the good old days as far as my fandom goes was, well, it's when we were in the Premiership. It's granted when we're getting relegated from the Premiership. Um, it's the 1999 away, 1999, which was the same shirt because, you know, remember when they used to wear shirts for more than one season? That was crazy, wasn't it, kids? For those who can't immediately bring it to mind, it was still with Umbro, but obviously not tailored back then. It's a white shirt with a red and black stripe down the left of the chest going from top to bottom. On the right sleeve, there's a corresponding stripe and we just got a nice big pub beer mat as the badge and Pinnacle as the sponsor, which... Yeah, it was all right. It was a bit of blue that we didn't necessarily need to have on the kit. But, you know, the collar was fairly standard Umbro stuff at the time. We had moved on to just having the Umbro word mark. So having that and the centralised forest badge worked. And fortunately, with the sponsor being the size it was, it meant that it didn't encroach on that uh, stripe going down the left-hand side. And it's just, you know, white, red and black for Forest Away kits. So that's just, you know, Forest Away kits 101, really. That was something I was hoping you'd establish at some point, what you consider to be the archetypal away kit, because it seems very dependent on what decade you look at. Yeah, absolutely. Although in terms of this choice, I, I, I'm fully on board that I, I do like a white shirt with, with two dark trim colours and vertical stripes like that or horizontal stripes. I always lift the kit. But the interesting thing about this one and a lot of other forest kits is that it's in the colours of Derby County. Like, wh where do you or forest fans in general stand on that, Jim? Because a lot of fans, and we discussed it in a, in a previous episode, have a real aversion to wearing a rival's kits. But 
I suppose it you you can appropriate them as your own and you know not actually I suppose be be limited by by what a rival does. Yeah, I think because you know white and black, even if it doesn't have red trim, it's just such a basic set of colours. Well, non-colours, I suppose if you want to get pedantic yeah. about what a colour is, they probably predated you know having you know this real hardcore fandom or hatred for the for the opposition so it was it feels like it would have already been established as something that we wore, wore as an alternative to red even though derby wore it as well so i think yeah the sheer amount of history that it has i mean that that's part of the reason why i lean into having that as my you know one-on-one basic Forest Awaken. I agree with you, Les, that the, you know, it can be different colours and depends on the era. Like with the 80s, it was predominantly, if not entirely, yellow when we were with Adidas. But then obviously, you know, I do like yellow and blue shirts as well. The although I think this season's awake it should have been a tonal on the sleeves rather than a darker yellow rather than blue. It's a bit yeah. too on the garish side, but that's by the by. But um, but also, you know, white, black with red. It's just got the mix and matchability that I love so much about kits. So obviously, you know, we could wear this with home shorts. We could, you know, even borrow a black pair to go with the home shirt if necessary. Although, you know, I do quite like the all red look when that, that's an option. So, yeah, it's it's not the end of the world for me because it's not a new thing. If we'd never had white and black before and, you know, we're suddenly wearing a derby kit, then I could see where frustrations may come from but um it's like with man city wearing red and black as a traditional yeah. away color some newer fans who just happen to start supporting man city at the moment you know not yeah. sure why that would happen they might kick off that they're wearing man united colors but you know anyone who's watched any footage from well when there was color footage would see man city in red and black away kits and just go pipe down child this is what we've always <laughs> worn so yeah. so yeah I, I don't think it's i think the history behind this away kit or these way colours for Forest outweighs kind of any concerns about you know it being Derby's colours. Yeah, I you, you make a strong case there. Um let's see how strong a case you can make for your second can see the good for the trees choice. Yeah, and uh, sticking with the looking like other teams issue, it's our away kit from that we wore between 2005 2007 and just for those who haven't been, it went down into League One. Was it called Division Two back then? I can't remember. It's changed so many times. But yeah, the problem with it is, and it's not just a yellow kit, it's the shirt is yellow with green trim. There were blue and white shorts and white socks. So basically, we were getting relegated to the third tier and mm-hmm. away games, we were looking like Brazil. Now, <laughs> not wanting to sound too conceited, but we were already a big name to hit at. So... If you're a team that wears red already in the third tier and you've got these, you know, big guns coming anyway and they're dressed like Brazil, I mean, that's just absolute, you know, dream for them. And, you know, I'm not saying that's why we didn't get promoted straight away, but, you know, these these other teams who didn't hadn't played Forest for a, a long time would even been you know, more up for it because, you know, they're always in this beautiful yellow, green and blue. And, um, yeah, I mean... Even though we were saying before that, um, you know, don't really link the kits to what happens on the pitch. 
that's just a very unfortunate coincidence that yeah. that was a thing. And just from a purely aesthetic point of view, yes, it's you know Brazil, 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 or Crystal Palace sometimes, but it's just not forest. Yellow, green, blue, that's just not what we've worn. So it's just very odd kit choice. So yeah, it was just the oddness, the timing of it all, and yeah, the shirt itself, it's it's solid, it's um mid two thousands umbro with you know the kind of angular designs and in the you know, upper parts of the chest but yeah it's yeah it's just some bad memories as much as anything else and yet had the green trimmer been blue with blue shorts you could arguably say that links with some of your more storied past but it was an opportunity yes. they left yeah no that that would have been a much easier sell for me and when I first saw the pitch, uh, the kiss, it was just the shirt. I thought, that's a funny shade of blue. Because I just wasn't expecting green to be the colour. And then I thought, well, okay, let's see the green shirt. They're blue shorts? What? What's going on? They've just taken their bits out of the lost property bag and just uh, given that to us. But no, that, that was the intention and that's how it transpired. So, um, but yeah, no, blue definitely would have, that would have looked quite good. And, you know, Dennis might ask you to, do fancy kit Friday for one of those someday. Yeah, yeah. Well, you just kind of said what I was going to say, like, if Brazil weren't Brazil, you know, in inverted commas, and, you know, the one of the most famous colour schemes in the world, if you saw that shirt, blue shorts with white trim and white socks would be well down your list of expectations for what to go with it. Like, aesthetically, and just leaving everything else aside, it's not a colour scheme that makes a lot of sense, but it's it's like just because Brazil or Brazil then it's just this lazy way out for designers. And like you say, it never actually seems to coincide with good seasons. Like I remember Swindon had a Brazil style away kit for their season in the, the premiership and you know they were terrible for that season. And it it's just it's just a lack of imagination, really, isn't it? It's like, oh, what do we do? How about Brazil? Yeah, okay. And it just designs itself then just in, in the basic template. And then the black sponsor it, it just is it, almost just like the final insult. It's almost the, we've run out of ideas. What should we do? Oh, let's just throw Brazil in it. You know, Millwall, my own team, have had this as an awake colours at roughly the same time, I think 2007. So, you know, and what links have Millwall got to anything with Brazil? I mean, you couldn't get two further extremes of football <laughs> than you could think. But, you know, other teams, I think Coventry have used it. We've, we've said Palace, we've said Swindon. Portsmouth, I think, have used this colour scheme as well. It's almost as if the designers go, right, mm, OK, running out of ideas. OK, let's just chuck a Brazil kit at them. It's just um, a baffling one. You know, surely come up with better ideas. Like you say, had the blue trim or add green shorts or whatever. If only Britain had gone to war with Brazil, they might have pulled it. But yeah, just Stockport yeah, yeah. County's Argentina kit got pulled because of the Falcons <laughs> <Yeah>. one. <laughs> but but like even if you're designing a Brazil style kit for a club, like put some blue trim on the shirt, put some yellow or green on the shorts, just to tie it all together. Like you're not completely bound by what Brazil do. But yeah, I don't really see much logic in it. Jim, it's time for your last backing up the right tree, so I make it a good one. Well, it's from a relegation season again, and but also a, a promotion season. It's the 1992-1994 uh, home red 
with collar, pinstripes, labats, um, or ship sends on the front, depending on whether we're on TV or not, or whether it's which season. And it's, I just love a pinstripe. And I, I love having a collar as well. That's you know one of the things which I enjoy about the tailored range when they had so many colors coming back then. And I honestly thought that this season we might have had something that tried to emulate it because 2023, you know, 1993, it's, and we hadn't had a pinstripe from Macron. And um, I was just kind of getting a bit giddy about the prospect of that being the thing. And then we've ended up with, I mean, it's not a bad shirt, but I mean, yeah, I do quite like the detailing on seas, but if we're going to do a throwback of which Macron do like doing it, like I previously said, why not this one? Why not this season? Obviously, it would have been in the pipeline before the promotion by a long time, but the anniversary was the anniversary. So it was, it was always going to be, you know, so long since we, you know, kind of were in the Premier League with, with that kit. So whether we're playing in the, in the Championship or in the Premier League, it just would have been nice to have that again. And we have had um, a version from Adidas since, but that was just one of their kind of Teamwear Plus efforts, which, which is nice enough to see. But it just wasn't, you know, just wasn't quite right. It didn't tick as many boxes as this one for me. So, yeah, it's you know, fairly simple. And, yes, the collar can be a bit flappy and, you know, it's early 90s cuts to the shirt. It's, so it's a bit on the baggy side. But, you know, it's just one of the first kits I remember seeing as wear as well. So, you know, they'll say you, you never forget your first. So that, that's the first red forest kit that i remember as wearing with my fandom so yeah there's there's certainly something in that as well yeah this is a great choice i think this is a an excellent kit all round, and i think underrated element of the kit is the crest here being in that shield with the red very umbro maybe early mid 90s but i really think this helps the kit here as well and adds to the kind of that classic look great kit yeah that's a good point to make Gav. like I really liked the kit. I think it was probably the best of Umbro's ones that season. And there were some good ones to choose from. But they had the shield for all of their kits. But some of the clubs already had their crest on a shield. So you had a shield within a shield. But because Forest's crest is so simple, it looks good housed in that shield just by itself. But at the same time, you wouldn't want it to be the permanent crest. But it was a nice, um, a nice way of mixing it up. I wonder if having simple kits is made easier by having undoubtedly the best crest in the football league. What's your view on that, Jim? I think it was the 50th anniversary of the crest recently. You wouldn't look at that and think that was 50 years old. It's it's crazy thing. It just looks so modern and timeless. And obviously we've added the two European Cup stars recently, which, you know, don't diminish it really. You're getting all these clubs going to circular badges and, and various other things just kind of fit in with social media. But you know, like I was saying, with it not having a um having a badge around it, you can put it in a circle, put it in a square, put it in a piece or something. It doesn't really matter. It's still that badge. And yeah, it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing to look at. I suppose I've been spoiled in a way because obviously I see it so often. And I'm, I've got an obvious bias towards it, but it's always nice to hear other people say, "Yeah, that is actually pretty smart." So, yeah, I I agree wholeheartedly that it is just a lovely, lovely badge to look at. 
And in terms of this, this choice of kit, I'm in violent agreement with you. It was initially going to be my choice, but you snaffled it and you get priority. Sorry. I do, has it ever been done, Jim, like that the, the shadow pattern or the background pattern has just been the crest repeating over and over, like loads of trees to form a forest? No, that I'm aware of. I th- yeah. Well, I just double check which season it was. We did have something, yeah, uh, 2020, 2021. Our the third kit from Macron, it was kind of a grey, melange kind of camo effect, but it wasn't just random camo. They were oak leaves. Okay. And that was just a beautiful touch. We didn't wear that kit all that often, unfortunately. I'm sure that Gav's got the stats to find out how much uh, we did actually wear it but yeah it, and we just had um orange crests and detail on it which really popped on the gray background and it's just a really handsome shirt and just because it was just elevated above you know base camo which everyone does and napoli's probably done three times this season already <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it was just a really special kit and again it's a shame that you know we don't keep kits for more than one season because I would just love that for for that to continue, particularly seeing as though the away offerings we got uh, the season after as well. But yeah, I just I think that's the closest we've had to having. Okay. Actually, no, that's not. I think the away kit that season was a, a worse interpretation of of the badge. But well, no, um, it's because basically that was a blue shirt. It had wavy yellow lines, which I think are meant to emulate the bottom of the badge. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, the trend. That didn't work for me. If it had been the other other way around, yellow with blue stripes, I could have been interested. Blue with yellow, curvy, wavy lines. No, not for me, Jeff. (laughs) And as you asked, they wore that grey kit four times that season. Barnsley, Luton, Middlesbrough and Stoke. I knew you'd have the answers. (laughs) (laughs) So, just one more selection left then, Jim, your final kit. What are you not so endeared with? Yeah, I am actually going to pick a home kit for this one, seeing as I've been you know, rubbishing lots of away ones. And this one was um, one of the Adidas ones. It was from 2015-16. And it was when you know, we were celebrating the 150, um, whichever anniversary it was, it was a big one anyway. And we went for gold trim, which is always a bit of a choice anyway. And it's, yeah, I mean, it didn't really quite work with the shirt. Well, as the kids as an ensemble, because the shorts we had white shorts, but again, with the gold trim. So there was no link of reds to the white shorts. But for me, the worst thing was in the actual physical design of the shirt when you're wearing it, because it had like a braided collar and around the bottom of the sleeves and the bottom of the shirt. And that was just ungodly heavy. Yeah, when you're wearing it, it was <laughs> like you had weights tied around the uh, bottom of the shirt. And when it got wet, it was just game over. You just couldn't move at all if you're playing five a side in that shirt. And it was... um the same design that Adidas rolled out to a few teams. I think uh, Middlesbrough had, uh, yeah. I think they had a version which was pinstripes that season, which I would have much preferred, to be honest, for obvious reasons. But um, they still had this heavy seam. And yeah, just from a wearability point of view, it just didn't work for me. 
Yeah, and do you know if the player shirts were any better in that regard? Because it looks like the kind of, you know, breathability shit that manufacturers put in, you know, to make it lighter and easier to wear. But like you say, if it's making it heavier, it would be completely uh, defeating the purpose. I don't think we were big enough clients to have uh, different kinds of Adidas technology back then. So I think it was just, yeah, we've made one lot of shirts. You can wear some, you can sell some, we don't really care. <laughs> yeah, it, I again, I agree with you. Gold, yeah, just out of place really, isn't it? On the third kit that we had that season, that was black and gold, which is obviously done to death. Um, but I think this was just before it was. That was glorious. You know, it was... Um, even Fabaz's logo in gold looked very smart, and we didn't wear that that often, but that just had a really basic uh, trim at the bottom. And that did work because, you know, black and gold, like I say, it's a bit of a choice, but that seemed to be quite a good choice. But yeah, just the construction and the lack of white on the shirts and lack of red on the shorts just really told for this home kit. Granted, for an anniversary, I can, I can, I can understand it, but when Teams sort of stick it on generally, it just feels a little bit pretentious, doesn't it? Yeah, it almost goes in the same bucket as the Brazil design kits. It's lazy almost design. Okay, we're stuck. Let's chuck some gold on it. I know gold is associated with winning, but in football, you associate silver with winning because most trophies yeah, are silver. Yeah. So I often wonder why that isn't the, the metallic term they go for. Very good point. Good point. So, Jim... Like a Klingon court, I think you have some honourable and dishonourable mentions beyond your three and three. Yes. Well, I'll, I'll start with the good ones first. And like I said before, I could mention most of Taylor by Umbro, but the 2012-2013 away kit was just the most beautiful shade of blue, black detailing. And for me, I mean, the placket was fantastic you know the collar wasn't too big it just ticked so many boxes but one of the things that really made it stand out were the socks because just think of a barber's pole but that in turquoisey blue and black and just people wearing diagonally striped socks was just so bizarre to see so yeah one was just just a lovely just a lovely shade of blue and yeah that that season 2012-2013 we we were so lucky with our kits and again you know another mention you know final tailored by umbro mention for the time being the previous home shirt 11-12 uh, just very simple it was you know red with a white collar absolute basic as you like but the texture of the material it was kind of like felt it was um i mean again it was would have been too heavy to wear but at least this was all over the shirt rather than just having like a really heavy hem so um and even though it was a different sponsor back then even victor chandler's font wasn't too awful despite being a betting company and then um yeah going back a bit further to the first forest shirt that i ever owned was the 93 to 95 away which despite what a lot of other people say about it being purple it wasn't i owned it it was a dark blue with turquoise and white trim it's just blows my mind and even in the um football museum in manchester they've got like a wall that's kind of goes in a rainbow of all different kits and all different colors and that's in the purple section like, huh. no have you not got eyes it's clearly <laughs> blue 
<laughs> but yeah, it's um, first shirt I ever owned. Great team of that era. Turquoise, again, it's lovely. You've got Umbro taping down the sleeves. Again, you've got the collar on it. Wonderful Labatt's, you know, no-nonsense sponsor. And we've got the same badge that we had on the 93-94 home with the uh, with the shield, obviously in white on blue rather than white on red. It was just a very handsome thing. And, uh, yeah, a shirt that I'm very glad that we were wearing when I got into uh, Following Forest. Good stuff. Um, the ones I don't like so much, going to the other end of the spectrum, well, literally in terms of colours and, and time, um, it got a brief mention before, but the away, the third kit from last season, the orange and yellow one with the, you know, zigzag down the front. I mean, at least we managed to get orange and yellow detailing on that one. So, you know, kept it fairly simple as far as that goes. I can see why people would like that one. That That is what raised it above the away kit because, you know, there are a lot of bright kits that, do go down well this one's just not to my taste and i don't think it's very forest like with the brazil kit but um you know and i used to be a security steward at matches so seeing that kind of fluorescent just give me bad memories of a not very good job um but pushing on and um yes and again this is one that we mentioned earlier on as well it's the preceding away kit with the um blue with the yellow stripes not a lot more to say about it it just didn't quite work for me and probably would have been better if the colours were flipped. Yeah, I think that's that. I mean, I've got opinions about all of them, but you know, this podcast is going to be so long, so I'll just you know zip it at that. <laughs> well, you've had your say, and now it's our turn. We'll stick with only barking up the right three choices, uh, just so we don't offend any Forest fans who are listening. For me, I was tempted to go for the nineteen ninety to ninety two home. But I felt that would be a little bit too kind of nostalgic. Uh, so my choice is the 2014-15 away by Adidas. Essentially, it's a white and red version of the Condivo 14 design. But I think the addition of the red pinstripes, they lifted above the generic and in a way that one associates with Forrest. And then in a way, it almost feels like Adidas kind of writing a wrong from three decades previously because the white and red pinstripe the way or third in the 80s would have been really nice, I think. And then... Often, like when you make such an assertion, you only have the power of the imagination to back it up. But in this instance, we have the Hamburg Home or the Aberdeen or US Tesoro away shirts as exhibits for the prosecution. And of course, like you said earlier, positive side effect of Forrest having a white, red, white away is the abundance of interchange possibilities. Yeah, it almost maybe. shows you what you could have had with the home kit with pinstripes, doesn't it? It gives that, yeah, look at what you could have won. <laughs> Totally agree. This one was very close to making my own list as well. And it was something that we did kind of get in 17, 18. But yeah, no, this one was just glorious. And again, it is just template plus with the addition of the pinstripes. But they do so much good work. It's, yeah, just a lovely, simple thing. And like you say, Dennis, it's right in a roll from when we just had yellow and blue in the 80s and, and 70s. So yeah, this one was a very welcome addition to the Pantheon of Forest shirts for me. Templates aren't a bad thing when they're executed like that, are they? No. Yeah, templates do get a bad name, but when they can be just a just like little bit of detail, like just going off topic slightly, uh, Puma this season for their lower league teams, they're doing wonderful things. They're just taking basic templates, but adding a bit of design to them. 
more than just you know throwing out what they've been doing in previous seasons and they're magnificent like york city's kit you know it's just got a bit of a print but it's a print of york minster and it's absolutely glorious things to behold that little bit of extra detail little bit of extra effort and care can just elevate something spectacularly we do love a template what about you gav back to the 90s for me so my choice is a kit that was worn over two successful seasons, a third place finish in its first use, and then a European campaign, which was the club's last foray into Europe, and saw Forest reach the quarterfinals of the UEFA Cup. It is the home kit worn between 1994 and 1996. So to describe the kit, it is another Umbro kit, and this time the first instance that black was used in the shirt in the club's history, with two black panels coming from the shoulders down to the midriff, with a sponsor being contained in a thin white box between the two black stripes. Similar, if not the same template to the grey and orange Chelsea away kit of the same years. For me, it's a nomination because it's just an interesting design. Follows on from the kit that we've just discussed and rightly so one of Jim's choices so it's a really good contrast to that I think the use of black in the kit and across all three elements as well really works for me so in the shirt in the shorts and the socks not too much but just enough that gives it a different look and a different feel and one that I think is also instantly recognizable as a Nottingham Forest shirt so any kit kind of aficionado now or any kit lover now will see that shirt and know where it's from even though black is I think only used in probably two kits in the club's history, but I'll instantly know that's a Nottingham Forest kit. So again, I think it lasts the test of time with that design. I think we saw it used with two different pairs of black shorts, initially a plain black pair, which we would call now team wear, and then some bespoke ones in its second season with some white and red detailing just at the hem of the shorts. Again, I think that gives it a, a, a nice balanced look as well. Now, Jim, I'm probably looking for your insights here. I understand this probably wasn't a very popular kit with the fans at the time, given the black in the shirt. Um, maybe that's something you can let us know. Yeah, absolutely right. There was uproar. And if there was Twitter back in the mid-90s, I'm sure it would have burnt down. Yeah, it was just the link to... It was like we were saying with the um, white and black for Derby before. Obviously, black is a Derby colour. It's also a Knox County colour. And I was still living in Nottingham at the time. And to be honest, I heard more about more people being annoyed about it being the colour of Notts County rather than Derby. But like with the you know, last season's kits, they people see them through rose-tinted glasses and like them better as a result. And yeah, you're right, a lot of people of a certain age regard this as being a typical Forest kit because this was when we were last quite good and, you know, like say, third in the Premier League, going to the um, furthest team in the UEFA Cup, as was, you know, that famous, you know, run up to the quarterfinals before getting absolutely spanked by Bayern. But, you know, that happens to the best teams it does, so it's not the end of the world. And, yeah, I've got, you know, big soft spot for it. It's, yeah, it's just when we were good. And, like you like say, it was used by um, Chelsea, but also Man City had a version, which was, that was re- one of the red and white ones. But there, where we had black bars they had a kind of crosshatch grey which might have been a bit too busy because on a single colour shirt you can have that as a differential colour but when you've already got red and black and then you're adding this grey on as well it's just felt a bit bit too much in that instance but no despite it being the presence of black as you say because it was continued over all three elements and done very well I'm yeah 
I'm very much in favour of this kit. It's one that I'm surprised Macron haven't jumped on. I've got to say, looking back, like you said, they they do like to look back in the past with their kit designs. And I am surprised. I always expect it to turn up every summer, uh, the last couple of years, that they'll ha- have their version of this kit. Speaking yeah. of Macron, Jim, how how long is the deal for Macron? I think it was quite long term when it was announced. And when was our first one? That was uh, 18. So it'd be five years this summer. Yeah, I mean, five years is a long time for a kit deal. I haven't heard any rumours about any changes or anything. And Well, Forrest do long-term kit deals, don't they? Because it's astounding that in 50 years, Forrest have had only four suppliers, and one of those was for one season, the, the U-Win shirts. But other than that, they've only had four suppliers since 1973, which I just found that incredible and that, that over the years they like that stability of who's producing the kit so wouldn't surprise me if it's a long-term deal yeah it's, it's like with the with the badge it's one of those things that i'm too close to to really notice but just when you step back and think about it like that it's like yeah i suppose you do get teams just staying with someone for two or three years and yeah with umbro obviously we felt loved and we were getting some bespoke things and obviously that's been the case with macron as well even though with adidas we were just more of a customer things you know adidas shirts you know that's that's all right get a bit of customization on the home kit fairly standard away kit that's you know as long as the home shirt's okay that does the job yeah i wouldn't mind macron staying on because they are doing very good things and if we were to move hummel would have been fantastic but obviously they're not as involved in the uk market now because of their issues so yeah I'd be very keen for us to to stay with Macron and see what they can do next. And yeah, if they can do a um, tribute to this kit, you know, maybe for the um, 2024-2025 season um, to get the anniversary in, that that could be something that they've got in mind. It's it's not this kit in particular, but just this Umbro range, like Jim mentioned, that other clubs had had similar and. I know something about it just doesn't grab me. It's just like the way that Umbro just limited their design work to just this upper body section and kind of fenced it off, basically. So I suppose what I'd say, trying to be nice, is that it's of its time. As a kit, it's well integrated with the black on the shorts and socks as well. So I can't fault it that way. And like I say, it's evocative of a very good Forest team. But if I was ranking Forest home kits, I probably wouldn't have it in my top five or ten. Les, bring us home. As a man careering towards his 50s, I was naturally inclined to go with a 90s Umbro shirt. But I've made a conscious decision to not be a massive cliche and to look beyond that period to perhaps a period that wasn't doesn't get much love really so i've gone with what i think you've alluded to already jim the 2009-10 change kit by umbra ahead of this podcast i was thinking about what is a traditional forest away kit and i said earlier i think it depends very much on the on the decade you're thinking of because the early 80s i was seeing forest in in yellow and blue and i know they did it in the 70s but i was i was wasn't quite old enough to to remember that bit then in the mid to late 80s and the 90s you're looking at white and black but it seemed to me that after that period there was a conscious decision made to try and establish a new 
a weird kit tone and there seemed to be some use of royal blue some use of navy blue and i think what i like about this kit is an attempt to fuse those two things together so i'm saying we've got this nascent tradition we haven't picked a tone of blue so, so let's let's whack them together it does evoke some forest home kits of the past it's got the wrap over vena the checkerboard jacquard that remind you of 80s forest home kits the crest on the patch is a bit more 90s because it's in the crest but the rest of the kit the construction is very much the style of the mid to late 2000s you've got lots of panels on it some of them are mesh insets it seems to have like a bit of an ergonomic cut to it and it just seems to me to sum up that era of what umbra were doing before they had the shift towards the the tailored buy era that the sponsors are betting for betting firm but it's an unfussy word mark it doesn't get in the way i think what really fascinates me about this is that macron copied it and it's quite an, an unsubtle act of polyester plagiarism and what i wondered is was the original share did something special happen in it why was that shirt you think considered worthy of a callback I still want an answer to that. <laughs> of all of all the, the um, kits we've had, when this one came out, that it was well, it's not even uh, loving homage. It's pretty much an exact replica. Um, and ten years afterwards, as well, when we've had, you know, like I say, we've got twenty, thirty year kits which haven't been resurrected. To pick this one was was a choice. I'm guessing, you know, the designer at Macron liked it and. I just don't really have any strong feelings either way. It's just one of those shirts that happened for me. And it, you know, I'd probably close to forgotten about it until we had that redo of it. But yeah, I think one of the reasons, one of the things you say about it, you know, just being one of those kind of interregnum shirts, neck and uh, sleeves and got lots of um, diamonds on the shoulders of kits that, that had been around for a few seasons. And then, well, telling me this one continued to be our third shirt as we got our first tailored bike kit. Sorry, mentioned tailored bike again, but you know, um, I was led into it. So it had a bit of crossover, but I think by crossing over it, just got overshadowed um, by by everything else. But um, no, it's it's a perfectly acceptable kit. I mean, I don't know. I always had something against umbro elongating their logo it just seemed weird why you know a logo's logo is recognizable why would you just fundamentally change it to make it long and thin rather than you know the double diamonds that everyone knows and loves so it had that going against it as well but obviously it's not the first kit to to have that and um yeah it's it's an interesting design and I hadn't thought about the fact that we had had blue and blacks before and this might have been some way of bringing those together. That's a very good way of thinking about it. But um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's fine. You know, nothing against it. So um, maybe in another, you know, 10 years, 20, 29, 30, it'll come back again in some form and um, everyone will love it third time around. Is, um, is Victor Chandler kind of a slightly more acceptable betting sponsor because it's British and it was a betting shop chain before the online explosion? Because it's written in quite a nice way. Because <laughs> you get betting sponsors these days which are just horrendous 
numbers and symbols which don't actually mean anything but this is just two words it's a man's name written in kind of fancy joined up fonts it's just like yeah that's that's okay and it didn't even say that it was a betting sponsor it's only in subsequent seasons that it said betting and casino this was just okay. victor chandler could just been man who knows it could have just been yeah, victor yeah. chandler himself sponsoring a football team yeah forest will do just put my name on then and then he developed a betting shop if um, <laughs> you know if my conscience has to do anything i'll just say it was that so then he discovered betting and then it was like oh well we got him before he was this betting sponsor but um but no i, th I think there is something because it was before this explosion where there were so many betting sponsors there is something about halved shirts i do like a halved shirt and this kind of ticks that box very nicely especially in a in a kit in a team that we don't often associate with it so now i like this one this is a good one and we threw the question out to our listeners and twitter followers and we got a, a fairly good response um alan march can truthfully be called outspoken but on this matter he had images due to speaking and he put up two shots of the 93 to 95 away which i presume Jim would approve of. Very much so. That, that man has very good taste. I was very glad that you defined it as blue and not purple because there are some, yeah, I, know, I know you sort of say open your eyes, but there are some images and some lights where that does look a little on the violet side. I also think as well it's from the mid-1990s and all sportswear was purple turquoise and teal back then so i think my brain just makes it those colors it's like you know every american sports franchise created in the 90s appeared to have purple turquoise or teal in their uh, in the colorway i think it's just um my, my brain's been it's, it's attenuated to change the the tone of it to violet and turquoise yeah mid-90s photography wasn't as sharp or well lit as we get today but um yeah it seems as though it's something that i've worn many times hand in my hand seen straight in my face i can you know 100 say it was blue so and i'll keep on reminding people of that whenever they say oh that purple kit no but no it's just a very deep blue richard m8422 which sounds like he's got a designation number for a distant galaxy for a surname he's not standing for the love for the 92 to 94 home he said the pinstripe one from the early 90s is an abomination i have one and i've never worn it i hear everything about it especially putting the forest badge in a cheap and tacky looking shield well he likes it enough to buy one yeah well what i was going to say is would he not just sell it if he hates it that much because he did good money <laughs> He, he just saying. has it on the wall and goes whenever he sees it. <laughs> yeah. Forest fan Elliot uh, over the giant tree sent an image of the Inter Milan style 2003-2004 third in both uh, short and long sleeve versions. A great looking kit. A great another kind of colour scheme that we do see occasionally. But I think this one works. I think the blue really works. And there's almost a kind of a white huge to the to the blue stripe as well which just makes it kind of pop out a little bit yeah no it's definitely not a solid blue and so i think you're absolutely right that lends a bit of something more to it i think newcastle had a blue and black shirt which is kind of similar blue but it didn't have that 
whitishness to it so it wasn't quite the same and i mean this is another one i'd happily see back because again it's, you know from that blue and black period you know why not have the two together and yeah it's just lovely and it's a different shirt so yeah there's you can go back to the past and do something that's different and so i think you know if macron wanted to do that one that would be pretty popular i think Stu Willapines. Similarly, with Benfica and Manchester United, I've seen Forest wear black shorts with their home red shirt and socks, and I think it looks way superior to white shorts. Jim, you said you you'd rather the old red look than black shorts. Yeah, that would be um, my preference for for a second choice um, short colour, mainly because you know we don't really have black on the home kit, so black shorts just wouldn't really make sense for for the you know alternative short color but um i would be interested to see you know in the women's game there's uh, a move away from white shorts um because of you know concerns about periods and you know women feelings um you know more comfortable wearing darker shorts i think we could certainly go for all reds there or if you know maybe went for in a future kit there was a, a darker red as part of the trim just have that a darker red short to, to go with it so yeah reds or you know a darker shade of reds possibly rather than black yeah i i would agree though i i do like the all red as the alternative i don't mind when united wear black shorts i think red black black looks better than red black red for i think red black red or blue black blue reminds me a bit too much of something you'd see a nameless opponent wearing in, in Victor or or one of those comic strips. <laughs> Phil Slattery nominates the tailored by loveliness of the 2011-2012 home kit. So he's going to be happy with lots of Jim's comments about that range of uh, kits in that time. So uh, an excellent choice there. Days of Speed says 1979 Silk Adidas shut the pole. And lastly, Ray Highland offers the view that the West was either the 94 or 96 home, probably the 94. They did well in it, so fans might like it. The best, in my opinion, was maybe the 88 to 90 home. Love the neat collar. Very generational, though. Older fans would probably vote Adidas. Yep, hard to argue with any of that. So, Jim, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. If listeners are keen to know more on your opinions, how would they do so? Advise them to get counselling first. If they are still keen to hear from me after this, I'm generally all over Twitter at Jim Hearson. And yeah, you'll see me commenting on various members of the community's posts and on fully headlines, generally correcting their spelling. And um, <laughs> no, I just want to say thanks for having me on, guys. And we managed to get through without mentioning the 95 to 97 away kit, that beautiful yellow and blue number with Umbro misspelled. Yay, <laughs> go us. <laughs> So that's it. We've reached the end of episode 16 of the Football Kit Podcast. Thanks to Jim for sharing his opinions and to you, the listener, for indulging our kit views. And a special thanks to those who shared their own views of Nottingham Forest shirts with us via Twitter. We shall return with episode 17 and we'll hope you'll join us then. <laughs>